Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're off the edge. It's episode 15. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And we're keeping uh, we're keeping it on, right? We're going to keep going with this uh, NFL. We're almost done with the NFL draft class. Almost uh, there. You know, grades. We got one more division on both sides of the conferences. We got the NFC West today, and we got the AFC West tomorrow. Before we get into that, be sure to uh, like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, wherever you're consuming this content. And uh, just letting you know, you can follow me at JK Bogan. You can follow Cameron Lynch at Cameron Lynch 50 and follow the show at Off The Edge Show on Twitter. Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL, golf to UFC and boxing, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Cam, we're going to start alphabetical here. We're going to go with the team with the most bland uniforms that you could have. Literally looked like they copied and pasted the the Utah uniforms, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, fan base. I, I know shots. you guys are feeling the same thing. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect towards the Cardinals fans, but let's be <laughs> honest, though. Your uniforms are about as bland as uh, basically non uh, flavored whey powder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they win games, it's going to be some good whey powder, Jake. It's going to be a good whey powder. So all good on the, on the, on the Jersey release for the Cardinals. But Hey, like, like we said, they got to win some football games for that Jersey, right. To have some cold, some weight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, uh, I don't know how many football games are going to win this year, but I do think there are parts of this draft. I actually really liked, uh, starting off with Paris Johnson Jr., you know, they ended up moving down, which was we were really confused how things were going to go. And, you know, the Texans trade up from 12 to go out and get uh, and secure not only C.J. Stroud with the second pick, but then the third pick, they go out and they get Will Anderson Jr. Will that end up hurting the Cardinals down the road? I don't know. But they did go out and get one of the best tackles in this draft in Paris Johnson Jr. And obviously a big thing when you're building a just an offense, a team in general is focusing inside out. I know there are a lot of teams that want to go with the the flashy wide receiver. They want to go with the flashy cornerback. We just saw the Rams, you know, unload Jalen Ramsey. Uh, we, we've seen, you know, cornerbacks getting traded lately. Stefan Gilmore going to Dallas. So I don't know if it's the changing of the guard, but when in doubt, build from the inside out. And, <laughs> yeah, and that rhymed and I didn't even try to do that. So Paris Johnson, what are your thoughts about that, Cam? Because I, I like the pick and I think he's ready to go. He might have to play guard because they have Beecham at right tackle and they got Humphreys at left. Yeah, I mean Paris Johnson Jr. six uh, six Jake three ten. That's that's a big boy, right? He blocked for C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, so he's coming in with with that uh, that gumption, right? That gumption, that sauce, because his quarterback got drafted at number two overall. So that's really cool to see um, him going to the Cardinals. He's going to block for a first round, first pick 
quarterback. And so he's going to be able to transfer those skills um, when it comes to that importance uh, with Kyle Murray there. Um, Paris Johnson, we talk about just all-around player. Uh, I mean, he went six overall, Jake, so that just goes to show, right, how valuable he is um, protecting that corner there. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Paris Johnson. Uh, I love the fact that the Cardinals traded down. Um, and I think with this pick, it bumped their draft grade up just a little bit. You talked about building from the inside out. That bumped their draft grade up a little bit. Um, they didn't do well last year, but they drafted well. So great pick there. And then I think, you know, with their next pick, um, I love how they filled on filled in the defensive side of the football, um, you know, with B.J. Ojolari. So I, I love their first two picks there. Uh, like I said, Paris Johnson Jr., big boy uh, and a true protector, true mountain man. <laughs> And I like the versatility. Um, you know, I think he could play tackle or guard. I mean, that's four positions right down the offensive line. And I think with Ojulari, uh, he is well beyond his years. He's 20 years old. You know, this is somebody that is just really technically sound as a pass rusher. The reason why he didn't go in the first round, like some would have thought, and he went 41st, so it's not like he fell that far. But it, it goes back to his run defense. And... I don't know if it's necessarily he can't do it, but on tape, he is a little bit, the, the motor runs a little cold in that department, I would say for, for lack of a better term. So um, good player playing, you know, in the sec, just a crafty pass rusher. You don't get Will Anderson. And I think the, the thing about doing that is, so you go out you get Paris Johnson, you know, he's a plug and play offensive lineman building, you know, inside out. Um, what does Will Anderson bring that B.J. Ojolari doesn't? He's a little bit more seasoned. He's older. He's got a better feel for stopping the run. I would say he's a better run defender than a pass rusher, which some people might fight me on, but that's how I saw him, and that does not mean a bad thing. So I think that's that's what happens, though, when you, you kind of, yeah, I'm not going to take a pass rusher here, but I can get one in the second. You run the risk of, well, you might drop off a little bit in the run defense department. Maybe this guy is a little bit more of this, more of that. Maybe he's not a seasoned, whatever. I still thought it was a good pick, uh, good pick, and I thought like that's where he should have gone. Garrett Williams, uh, you and I both love this guy. He went to Syracuse. You're you're rocking the Syracuse polo Let's there, go. or the shirt. I can't tell if that's polo or not. Um, <laughs> but Garrett Williams is very interesting because he's not the most athletic corner, but I don't really care because I think this guy can start day one as long as the injuries check out, and I think that's the big knock against him. Um, when I watch Garrett, Garrett Williams, the guy isn't the fastest guy on the field. He's not the most physical, but he's always at the hip pocket of receivers. Okay. He can play deep down the field. He's smart enough to play in zone. So I think the Cardinals having him, you know, having guys like Marco Wilson, um, you know, I, I think he's going to fit right into that cornerback room. I think he has a chance to start right away. And then Michael Wilson, in addition to that, the Stanford wide receiver who, Let's be honest, his tape is really good. It's the injuries, man. It's the injuries with him. But mm -hmm. maybe a little high for the risk. You know, I mean, 94th overall, but I like the guy a lot. And, I mean, if he pans out and stays healthy, we're talking about a really, really good player. Yeah. Hey, Jake, no risk it, no biscuit. You know, when it comes to Mr. Wilson, uh, playing wide receiver from Stanford, he has that captain on his jersey. So, when you see a captain step in the step in the mix, Jake, I, I might as well risk it. If you watch his tape, Jake, the first thing that pops up is the nasty catch over UCF. I mean, he just pretty much comes over top of someone's 
nugget right and snags a touchdown so um i thought that that stood out and that was really cool um we talk about the above the rim ability to play he is an above the rim player right when you throw the ball in the end zone the red zone just throw it up throw it up because he's gonna go and snag it and bring it down um like he has a whole bunch you just look at his tape jake he's a whole bunch of nasty touchdown snags so a guy like a guy like wilson i'm activating him in the red zone right kyler murray figure out how to scramble and find a guy like Wilson to throw the ball up to. And then going back up a little bit, you talk about Garrett Wilson, Syracuse guy, um, via PPF, right? He had no flags the past two seasons. And we've, we've talked about this, Jake. We talk about in our guy segment, he was my guy. And the fact that he allowed zero flags, zero penalties, that just goes to his discipline, that goes to his ability to be in the right position at all times and being a smart football player. The Cardinals need a guy like this. <laughs> the guy, Cardinal, Cardinals need a, need a smart football player that can go up and make plays, uh, defend the pass, create interceptions, and just be smart. They need smart players. I know with Buda Baker, I'm not sure if he's going to be there, what that looks like. So, you know, adding someone like this on the outside at Arsenal is awesome. And then going to BJ Ojolari, we talk about the speed. I mean, if it, he looks like a receiver that is now playing defensive end. The way he comes off the edge uh, with BJ, uh, and you also mentioned the ability to stop the run. He has to work on that. And I do think maybe, hey, get in the weight room a little bit, uh, right? Do some squats and figure out how to really uh, anchor down. I mean, I think he'll get better at that when he goes to the Cardinals. But B.J. Ojolari, uh, that's just true speed, uh, 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 sack master, quarterback sack master coming off the edge. So um, I love that pick there from LSU and B.J. Ojolari. And then, Jake, I know uh, we're going to get down a little bit, but I'm excited to talk about some of the other picks that, uh, that the Cardinals got as well. Yeah, Papo's another one of your guys. Uh, I thought Cottrell Clark was a solid pick. Stills was a solid pick. You know, has, I think, a, a brother or two in the NFL currently. Um, you know, and then you look at John Gaines, who's just very intelligent guy out of UCLA. His coaches rave about his intelligence, can play tackle, guard, center. Really just, you know, the man's very versatile. He has a chance to start day one at center, I think. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a chance they drafted day one center, you know, in the, uh, the fourth round. But... The one that fascinates me the most is, I believe, another one of your guys, Clayton Toon. Yeah. You know, this is an opportunity here for Mr. Toon, as you called him, because do not give this starting job to Colt McCoy just yet. Yeah. Okay. Kyler Murray, according to Ian Rampaport, basically he said during the offseason, the expectation is Kyler Murray could miss half the year. And with that being said, getting Clayton Toon, I don't care if it was the fifth round, We've seen guys before, you know, I'll never forget. Not a fifth round pick, third round pick, but there was a guy by the name of Russell Wilson who was brought in to back up a certain guy by the name of Matt Flynn, who literally got paid more money than, well, I'll ever see, but um, just never how know. much money, how much money he, he got paid <laughs> for legitimately like one game where he threw six touchdowns for the Packers. He gets paid all that money. He's the starter. Everybody's saying, oh, yeah, well, not so fast. Russell Wilson comes in. He's just outright better. And so the Seahawks are like, we wasted a lot of money on Matt Flynn, but we're going to pretend we're already paying Russell Wilson that. So that, that'll make <laughs> us feel better. So, uh, you know, never rule out any draft pick at quarterback because, like, Toon I don't think is – NFL ready by any stretch, but they're not in a position where they can be like, yeah, he's not NFL ready. Like if he looks better than Colt McCoy, if he offers more, he needs to play. And I'm not saying put him in right now, but you got Driscoll, you got Blau, 
there's not anybody like there's not a Jacoby Brissett in this room where I'm like he's got no like I think Colt McCoy is a very solid backup okay but there's not one guy there that I'm like I don't think Toon's gonna get a chance I, I really think Toon is on the same level as guys like David Blau Jeff Driscoll he just doesn't have that experience yet but let's just wait and see because he's a guy in the preseason that could emerge and maybe he's your week one starter with Kyler Murray on the pine yeah Jake, I love it. Um, Clayton Toon, he talked about being a guy, the Russell Wilson connection. I love it, him wearing that number three. And I don't know if it's because he's wearing three. When you watch his films, like, ooh, Russell. But just the way we always talk about it, when we talk about Toon, the way he moves, um, the way he operates, the way he runs the football, the way he operates the RPO system. Um, I think for the Cardinals, he will be the Cardinals preseason MVP. I said this about Sean Tucker. I'm a little biased by Sean Tucker with the Buccaneers once he's healthy, but I thought he was going to be the preseason MVP. Um, but when it comes to tune, I think for the Cardinals, I'm going to call it, he will be their preseason MVP. I think he'll be the talk of the town, similar to how kind of Taylor Heineke got that buzz when he entered the game against uh, the Buccaneers and gave him run for their money. I think Clayton Toon will be that type of quarterback where people can be like, hey, who is this guy, right? And when you turn on this tape, he's the person at uh, Houston who's throwing a Tank Dell, right? We talked about Tank Dell. Um, he's not Tank Dell's now at the Texans. C.J. Stroud brought him on up. But Clayton Toon was throwing to him. And so I think he'll have that same success in the NFL. And fifth round, it's, it's a little, you know, low-key Jake is kind of towards the end, you know. It's, nobody's really paying attention. But I think he will be one of the, the bigger, uh, bigger guys coming out of this draft. And then going back up to John Gaines, Jake, uh, UCLA. Uh, I have I have a Shaq Mason comp for him the way he moves. I know he's gonna be playing. He's probably gonna be playing center, but the I I train with Shaq Mason the way he runs, the way he gets around the corner on pulls and pitches. Um, I, I love him there. But uh, yeah, going back to Clayton Tune, Jake, I'm super excited to see him play. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, you know, I think this draft, I'm gonna give it a, a solid B. Um, I don't think it was anything like super, you know, unbelievable, but I I think it has a chance to be really good. I mean, Paris Johnson Jr., he's a starter day one. B.J. Ojulari, starter day one. Michael Wilson, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a very good receiver. Garrett Williams, you know, I'll I'll give it a B-plus because John Gaines might start at center. Clayton Toon might start at quarterback. I, look, he might start at quarterback again if you're just tuning in. Uh, Kyler Murray might miss half the year. So I'm not saying he's starting over Kyler, but... You could make that whole situation kind of interesting. And then Owen Papo, Cottrell Clark. Yeah. I like that they got better on the outside at corner. And Cottrell Clark is interesting because he might have to be an outside guy. He might not be able to play in the slot. Didn't look great in the slot on tape. I thought he was more somebody that, you know, could play on the outside. He's, you know, really aggressive at the catch point. And he ran a 4-4. Four four, so... You know, he's got the long speed to carry guys up the seam and he's got the long speed also to carry guys on the boundary. Um, but I just found that, you know, there were sometimes he would get hung up in, in traffic and, you know, in redirect uh, situations. So I don't love him in the slot. But um, what do you think? I'm going with yeah. B plus for no, the finals. I, I like a B plus as, as well, Jake. And then I'm glad you you finished on Clark there because I have a Buddha Baker type energy to him. When mm -hmm. I see him play, he's he's his motor, right? The way he's talking, the way he's attacking. A lot of times these tunnel screens, if you see him come up and play the run and attack these tunnel screens, I'm like, Ooh, is that a, a baby Buddha? Right. And so I wonder if some of these teams saw that similar energy, the way he plays. And so 
I, I would like to see what he does. Um, I kind of had him in the nickel, Jake, right? I kind of like him being feisty and kind of beating up some of those receivers in the slot there. But we'll see. Um, you know, if Garrett Williams holds down that outside, he might have to jump on the inside. But I, I like Cottrell Clark being that uh, that that baby Buddha Baker. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, so you're going to give him a B-plus as well, Cam? B-plus, yeah, for sure. All right. All right. So we move on to the L.A. Rams. And, yes, uh, full disclosure, we do cover the Rams. If you're a Rams fan, you can check us out on Believe in Rams. But we're going to be – well, I'm just going to call it like it is, though. I really love this draft. I, I really did. They got yeah. 14 picks. They got guys that can start right away. I mean, Steve Avila, Byron Young, Kobe Turner. They got a backup quarterback in Stetson Bennett, who they really like, and they feel like could fill in for Stafford in a pinch. Everyone's talking about Puka Nakua potentially filling that Robert Woods role. I think it's a little premature, uh, actually a lot <laughs> premature. You're putting a lot of pressure on a fifth-round pick there. I love the long-term potential of guys like Nick Hampton, Davis Allen, Warren McClendon Jr. I think Travis Hodges Tomlinson, a.k.a. LT's nephew, has a chance to be really good. I think Zach Evans has starting level upside at the running back position. Deswan Johnson was my guy, and the fact he went uh, Mr. Irrelevant, that was so cool. I think he has a chance to make the team. I, I think he will make the team. Um, so... Cam, like I gave this an A plus and I know that sounds crazy, but like I really loved this draft like from from beginning to end. I thought not having a first round pick, I thought the Rams and you can say what you will. The Rams have a lot of needs, but they go out first thing they do. Cam, what was the biggest issue last year is protecting the quarterback. So they're going to go out and get a guy who's only given up one sack in the last 900 snaps. Didn't give up a sack last year in Steve Avila, who has center potential because that's his natural spot was asked to slide over to guard because he's a team guy and he's a leader and he's a captain and he's going to plug and play right at left guard for the Rams. And then yeah. he could potentially be their center down the road. Byron young, one of our guys, right? We talk about him a lot. I mean, I feel like we've talked about him five different videos, right? Definitely. But Byron young is a, a day one starter that, you know, no Leonard Floyd. You have to have Byron young at this point, um, you know, him and Michael Hoyt. And then Kobe Turner, I think is somebody you know, with Greg Gaines out, Ashawn Robinson out, Ashawn Robinson signs after the drafts. So now we know he's done. Kobe Turner might get a chance to actually slide right in there. Uh, Bennett, long-term backup, maybe with some starting level upside, played in some big games. Nick Hampton, if he gets better stop in the run, you know, he has a chance to be a full-time starter. I think right now he's a situational pass rusher with some juice off that edge. And then you got guys like McClendon, Allen, and Nakua, who I like long-term, and Mathis was... You know, at the end of the day, he was really a lottery ticket, but, um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. But yeah, Cam, I, I give it an A plus. I'm just curious what you thought about this draft. Yeah, Jake, I, I gave it an A. Um, I didn't give it an A plus because like all people are like, oh, you're biased, right? You do yeah. uh, <laughs> believe in Rams. But no, tr just for the folks that are listening, I hear us out on this one. Last year, we were kicking and screaming, Jake, because <laughs> the Rams were minimal death depth um, struggling to win football games and when it came to when it came to leading up to the draft we were like hey y'all have to win in the draft we have to figure out how to win football games with the people that get drafted and they went and did it Jake they went and did it there was a lot of picks that they have here compared to some of the other teams right like the Dolphins they they didn't have a first round pick and they only selected about five six people in the draft and it's like eh. but the Rams they went, they went hard. They went ham. Um, like you mentioned with Steve Avila, 
Jake, we talked about not causing um, any flags or not causing any penalties, right? We talked about that in the previous draft uh, with Garrett at the Cardinals. Now Steve uh, at the Rams. That's that's huge, Jake. Um, the reason why I say that is because you can win or lose championships depending on what penalties you, you cause. And if you don't cause penalties, you might get a little bit further. But if you do, get out of here. But Steve, he's a guy that's going to be able to protect the quarterback. Like you say, he can play both sides, um, All-American, uh, all everything. And then he's a captain. Going to Byron Young, another captain. So the Rams hit on one captain. Uh, and if it filled a need, it goes to the next pick. They, they get another captain, Byron Young, a little bit older. But my man can run. My man can run. Uh, he, he had 10 sacks on the season uh, in two years, worked at Circle K, like we talked about, Jake. So his story is in, is, is incredible. And then the, the pick after that, you got Kobe Turner. That's another guy who can start right away um, that, that can help out Aaron Donald. We need people who can help out Aaron Donald right right now, and these, guys, these are guys who can do it. And then we talk about quarterback safety, Matthew Stafford. If folks have not watched the Rams, take a look at last year. The record wasn't great. A lot of the times because our offensive line was hurt and our quarterbacks were hurt, right? We're playing with third string quarterbacks and it didn't look great. So Stetson, ben, Stetson Bennett, another another bulldog can go in and, and make some plays. Former walk-on Jake, so that's that's really cool. Um, and then Warmer Clinton Jr., that's another guy who can step in and make plays. So it's they're just hitting um, pick after pick. Uh, Davis Allen got a tight end who can catch the football really well. I mean, dude, they they crush it. There's a lot. There's a lot more players that we can we can chat about here, Jake. But we'll be be on here all day. But the Rams, I think, hit on most of their picks, close to all of their picks. The only one for me, uh, Jake, was Nick Nick Hampton. He's a great player. He's a baller. But the other ones I really really like. The Nick Hampton pick. That's why I said I go ahead and give me a give me an A rather than an A plus. But a lot of these picks, great job by the Rams. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that. Um, you know, I kind of felt that way about Kobe Turner initially, and now I feel like Kobe Turner is going to be the guy that ends up being the, you know, he'll be the John Johnson of this draft because I notoriously didn't like the John Johnson pick. I had another guy that I wanted uh, by the name of Desmond King who wasn't half bad himself. But, um, you know, I think, it, you know, when people want, like, certain players, I, I think it's important to realize, like, if if you have a certain group of players that you want, and the Rams pick out of that group, like, okay, or, or any of your teams pick out of that group, like, then you're like, all right, I feel good. You know, this is, this is kind of who I thought they would get. They're not reaching, so to speak, out of your realm. And so I just think I've come to understand more, you know, teams have interest in different players and Kobe Turner's really intelligent. You know, he he's another guy who, you know, is kind of a, a leader, you know, a, a high character guy. And you know, I think with with Turner, it, it's interesting because technically, Cam, he never started. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it's I mean, neither did Lucas Van Ness. And I've said that both yeah. times that I brought it up. But, um, yeah, I, I just thought this draft was awesome. Oh, Sean Mathis, like if he pans out and all these guys, I mean, not everybody's going to pan out. But when you have 14 picks and you draft this well, Without a first round pick, there's a good chance that you're going to have half this draft at least panning out. And so I'm feeling yeah. good about it because I feel like there are roles. I didn't, this is not a, a team like in the past. This, I don't know how many of these guys are starting on like the Super Bowl Rams, but this is a lot of opportunity. And I think that's going to help them because they can just get thrown right in the fire. It's different with a quarterback, right? Some quarterbacks, they're not ready. You can destroy their confidence. 
But I do think guys like the guards being thrown into the fire, if they're ready, good, you know, pass rushers, good, like start building that confidence at a young age, uh, early on in your career and see if you can continue because that's the bar you've set. Now you can crush that bar. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. And especially with linemen as well, when it comes to injuries, those guys, like you say, you want to get them going right away because I mean, they can last a long time, but it just takes a couple injuries for these big guys to kind of be out of commission. So you want these guys to be healthy and they'd be moving right along. So Rams, man, I, I'm just, Jake, <laughs> we do the Believe in Rams show, y'all. So I'm just praying that the Rams got better. Uh, they even got a punter, right? Uh, Riley Dixon left, so they got a punter as well. They got they they filled their needs out. Um, so I feel like in this, this draft, Jake, I feel like specials got drafted more, more so than not out of the other drafts, uh, you know, in the past. But, no, the Rams did a great job filling all their needs. And, um, yeah, man, they – they're going to be dangerous this year. I hope we hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting, right? Um, there's just, it, it's a different scenario now where you have all these guys that are unproven getting a chance to start. And in the past, it's like, you talk about a van Jefferson second round 57th overall. That was kind of the fourth receiver, right? You didn't really get a chance to. So these guys having bigger roles than even like van Jefferson did. That's interesting. But yeah. What else is interesting is what the 49ers decided to do with this draft. Now, mind you, they made a lot of picks. Uh, they made a lot of uh, trades, so to speak. The first big trade was the Trey Lance trade. That's, you know, that's still paying out. I think this is the last year. Uh, the second one was Christian McCaffrey. And not having a fourth round in this draft definitely stings. I, I have gone on record saying I thought the fourth round was loaded with value. Um, they start off the draft with Jair Brown. And I really like this pick. It's one of the best safeties in the class, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, I don't think you can go wrong getting a DB out of Penn State either. Um, so, you know, I actually really like this pick. I know there are some people just like tearing this draft apart. And to a degree, maybe I'm one of those people. Um, but when I go back <laughs> and I but when I go back and I, you know, I, I look at it, I mean, look, the Jake Moody pick bothered me. <laughs> I just think that's way too early, you know, to, to pick a, a kicker. Um, yeah. After Robert I mean, Aguayo, just, like, come on, Robert Aguayo, Buccaneers, like, come on, y'all. <laughs> well, also, like, I know this is one of the top teams in the NFL, but, like, the picks like that are how you kind of set yourself back a little bit. Maybe this will catch up with you. If it, if it doesn't now, like, if not now, when? Like, you don't want to know, right? So, I mean, to me, this is somebody that – just when I watch him, very versatile, uh, Jair Brown, you know, can play all over, uh, you know, the back end of the secondary, whether it's safety or, you know, nickel. I think he could play on the outside as well. Um, you know, I think he's just another really high character guy. Feels like a Niners pick, kind of plays similar to, um, you know, ex-Steelers safety Ryan Clark. I've actually seen that comparison a few times. And he's just so good in run support. And that's what you like to see, you know, safeties that just, they don't just want to be ball Hawks. I mean, this guy can actually bring something else to the table and the guy's instinctive, you know, you, you like to see that in your safety. So I think the 49ers going out and getting him, that's pretty much the type of guy that they would like for their secondary. And keep in mind, the 49ers have done a nice job with defense, drafting defense. Uh, they've done a nice job, you know, drafting secondary guys. I mean, they got Hufanga in 2021, the fifth round, and he's turned into an absolute stud. So, um, you know, you can't really, you know, discount what they've done. And I think there's a chance 
that Jair Brown is their starter day one. Um, I, and if so, I mean, that's that's pretty good to have a day one starter. You're getting, you know, not the tail end of the third round because, you know, 87th is kind of, is it in the middle? Is it, it's kind of towards the end, but not totally the end. But I like that pick. The problem was the Jake Moody pick. Kickers, it's just not a great value there, you know? Yeah. And it, they had another third round pick that I thought maybe overdrafted a little bit, but very intelligent. One of my guys uh, played in big games, Cameron Latu. Yeah. Can block, can receive, make plays after the catch. He's going to go there uh, with George Kittle, who can block, receive, make plays after the catch. And, um, you know, they already have, you know, they got Braden Willis later on in the draft, another tight end out of Oklahoma, who yeah. it's weird. I don't normally see a ton of interest when a team is linked to another player and it's weird because he's a seventh round talent and that's not me knocking Braden Willis that's where he was drafted but oh my god I saw like 12 tweets about how the 49ers were obsessed with Braden Willis I mean you would have thought this guy they would have picked him in the third round how much they loved him so it wasn't a shock to me when his you know name came through um but I think, you know, the name of the game there is you're going to get a safety start day one. You're you're helping your your secondary. The kicker, they lost Robbie Gold. I understand that for anybody that wants to come at me and say, you don't understand. No, I get it. I just think it's way too early. Uh, Cameron Latu is going to be the number two tight end, I think, behind Kittle. Uh, Braden Willis is going to be fascinating to see because they really like him. Uh, Luter, you know, Daryl Luter Jr. out of uh, South Alabama turned heads at the Senior Bowl. We'll see what ends up happening with him, but he just felt like a Niners pick to me. Robert Beal Jr., you're getting a guy who was decently successful, um, you know, at Georgia. And I know he was a top prospect, so a top recruit coming out of high school. So I think they expected more, and that's why he fell. Um, but Ronnie Bell is another one, and D. Winters, those are two guys. Ronnie Bell at Michigan just seems like a Niners receiver can make plays after the catch, you know, he'll fit in there like a glove and he doesn't really have to get his hands dirty, you know, for another couple of years. Cause there's still plenty of guys in front of him. Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you know, Jawan Jennings, Danny gray, uh, last year's third round pick. They even have, you know, Ray, Ray McLeod and, you know, Chris Conley. So, you know, I think, uh, a guy like Ronnie Bell has a chance to kind of sit there, learn special teams. Maybe he's a draft and stash on the practice squad, but with D winters, that, that is a very good pick. If he ends up being a starting linebacker in a year or two, or maybe he just outplays Oren Burks right out of camp. I won't be surprised. Cause that guy is a good football player played for a winning, uh, you know, program at TCU. And he's a big reason that team won a lot of games last year. Yeah, no, <clears throat> the fact that they got him in the sixth round, Jake, he's a captain. That's that's next level. Um, the 49ers, they might be LBU, Jake. The the just the prestige of linebackers that have walked through those hallways are next level. Um, they might have the two best linebackers in the league right now. So to add him to their mix, that's a major compliment. Um, I my notes for him, he plays with his hair on fire. His hair is on fire anytime he's playing. Um, he's a great tackler in open space, and that's the best thing that you can ask for, right? Um, is for your guy to app tackle in open space against these fast receivers and these fast uh, playmakers. Let his defense a championship, Jake. Like, come on, fam. If you're the linebacker on the championship team, I want you. I want you to come over where I am. So he's gonna have to play special teams, though, Jake. With that linebacker linebacking core uh, at the 49ers, he's gonna have to play special teams. He's gonna have to learn, earn his way on that football field. So I love that pick. But going back to the top with Jair Brown, 
I, I thought about this. Like, I was like, the fact that they have Hufunga back there, you know, we talk about Troy Palamalu. He's been able to act like he's about to blitz and then go back and intercept the deep ball. Jair Brown, my man can step into the A-gap, right? Blitz the quarterback. He can pop out, go back, take a make, uh, create an interception. He can blitz. He can wrap. Um, one-on-one uh, blitzes with uh, one-on-one blitzes with running backs, um, even tackles, Jake. They don't stand a chance with him because he's fast, he's strong, and he can get in and out of his cut. So he's dangerous in the, he's dangerous in the back, uh, you know, being a defensive back, but he's also dangerous at the line of scrimmage. He's made a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, you see goal line plays, Jair Brown is making them. So he's just an all-around ball player. I wouldn't go to say like a honey badger, but he has that like, I'm a football player. No matter where you put me, I'm going to cover somebody or I'm going to go blitz. I'm going to go tackle somebody. So Jair Brown, super athletic, uh, just like a football player. <laughs> what do you say? You call him just, just a football player. So Yeah, just a football player. No, I, a, I agree with you. He's a really good player. I, I like the football fan in me just wishes they didn't take Moody so high. And I would give a much higher grade on this draft. Yeah. Um, this is yeah, tough. Have, yeah, what do you have I, for him, Jake? I've kind of wrestled with C plus and B minus because yeah. I do feel like this draft class could have been so much better and they had so many picks and I feel like they got some like the guys that I feel really excited about Jair Brown. Okay. A uh, lot to, to a degree. Like, was he in need? Not really. And did they pick him a little early? Yeah. Cause they have George Kittle on that roster. Um, I like winters a ton. I think winters is a lot better than a six round pick. Looter jr. Is interesting. Beal jr. Is interesting. Also guys that like Beal. I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't get drafted. Braden Willis. I had his UDFA Ronnie bell. I find interesting. So I would say looking at this draft, I'm going to say C plus because I think, I think it's fair too, because I think Jerry Brown keeps it from being a C. Uh, because he's a day one starter, and I think you know he's going to be really, really good. The Moody picks just too high for a specialist, in my opinion, just <laughs> too high, and it's why I can't give him a B minus in good conscience. Um, I like Law too, one of my guys, but I would have had a fourth on him, like a late fourth. Uh, Luter Junior, I felt like was you know probably around a fifth rounder, so they got him where he was. There were other cornerbacks. Like, honestly, if they got Travis Hodges Tomlinson instead of Luter, I think that would have made more sense. Um, yeah, I don't I like the D Winters pick is the only thing that really has me like, whoa, okay. Like, you know, so I'm going to stick with C plus, but okay. I, have a, I have a feeling that D Winters is going to be a starter. I have a feeling like down the road, Jair Brown's going to be a starter. Jake Moody will be their starting kicker. Obviously. I don't feel like Latu. Luter Jr., Robert Beal, Braden Willis, Ronnie Bell will be starters. I think Bell will be a good three or fourth receiver. Jalen Graham is almost as intriguing as some of the others because he's he fell because of his measurables, but the guy just plays faster and he's way more intelligent and way more instinctive than most of the linebackers draft ahead of him. So with the 49ers getting a hold of him, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being something. The uh, 255th overall pick out of Purdue. So, yeah, Cam, I'm gonna stick to C plus. Yeah, yeah, I'll Jake. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the C. Uh, I'm gonna go with the C for the 49ers. Um, just we talk about the the Braden Willis pick. Uh, we talk about the Latu pick. I feel like those are both back backups. 
uh, right, to Kittle and, and Kyle uh, Usyk, Usyk. So uh, Juice is what they call him. So I, I think they're both backups, right? Like we, we got Willis. You know, he can line up in the backfield, catch passes like Kyle. Um, and then Latu, yeah, he's going to back up to Kittle. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go see with that. Um, we talk about, for, like, starters right away. Um, you just listed them with Jair and Jake. Uh, anybody else, though? Are they going to start? We don't know. Uh, but with Beal, with Robert Beal uh, Jr. coming out of UGA, I like him, Jake. I like that pick. Um, reason why I say that is because all of his other teammates went in the first three rounds. So, you know, you got to – he plays hungry. You know, like he plays like a starved dog uh, because – oh, <laughs> I talk about a dog and a dog is barking behind me. But <laughs> it just that's, – that's how he plays, Jake. That's how he plays – um, he knows that if he doesn't get to the ball fast enough, the other guys that got drafted will get there, right? Uh, what is it? Closed mouth doesn't eat, and so he plays like you know he has he has something to to uh, to prove. So I, I like that pick, but yeah, overall for me, a C for a C for the 49ers. So we move on to the Seattle Seahawks, and it's weird because this draft looks really good, and I don't think it's going to actually harm my grade. I'm just confused what they're like. They got like you get Kenneth Walker and then you draft two running backs. I mean, this has got to stop cam. This has got to stop. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, he did first, get hurt though. Know, he did get hurt. That's he point. did, but it's like Chris Carson, you find him in the seventh round. Let's get Rashad Penny in the first. I'm not saying you have to avoid taking a running back period. But I'm saying grabbing two running backs every draft is getting bizarre. Drafting a running back in the first two rounds almost every year, it seems like, is getting a little ridiculous. They're, they're so, like, where's Marshawn at? That's what they're trying to find on Marshawn. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I think I think Kenneth Walker is an absolute star. Like, yeah. I understand the injuries. I get that. But, like, Charbonnet, that's, I mean, that guy's going to cut into Kenneth Walker's, and I don't think he should. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think Kenneth Walker's a much better running back. But I think Charbonnet, they like the way it sounds is that this might be a 50-50, you know, yeah. carry split. And I don't know. Anyway, let's let's stick to the good things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Devin Witherspoon is the best cornerback in this draft. Bar none. Wasn't even close for me. Um, I thought he had the... He, he actually, I compared him to Darius Slay. Um thought he had kind of that swagger that Slay Ramsey had. Uh, you know, he wasn't the tallest, but he ran a 4-3 uh, constantly at your, you know, at your hip, just being a pest. When he breaks up a pass, I mean, you know, he's talking all sorts of you-know-what. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just think this is one of those smash-mouth, in-your-face cornerbacks that you put him, you know, with, uh, you know, a guy like Tariq Woolen, and you're like, oh, Lord. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is how... Oh, you know, you have Cooper Cup. Oh, you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Oh, you you went out and got Michael Wilson and you think he's going to be something else. Or, oh, you're not going to trade DeAndre Hopkins or, or Marquise Brown. Well, good and bad news. Uh, there, there's no good news, actually. And the bad news is that you'll be playing Tariq Woolen and Devin Witherspoon twice a year. So, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, Seahawks practice is going to be crazy. They talk about uh, competing at that. That practice is going to be insane. <laughs> And uh, that was the pick they got from the Russell Wilson trade, which I'll say right now, and I'll be as blunt as humanly possible. This was a stupid trade by the Broncos when it happened. Uh, Seattle knew it. They saw Geno Smith when Russell Wilson went down, and they felt comfortable about Geno Smith. 
I think Seattle deserves all the credit in the world for that. They fleece the hell out of the Broncos. I won't be surprised if Russell Wilson gets benched this year. Mm. I won't be surprised if his career's over. I really won't. And I understand maybe Seattle fans watching that don't want me to say that because they still you know, <laughs> respect Russ and all that. But also realize that I'm complimenting your team because you just got the fifth overall pick. You got the best cornerback in the draft to pair uh, with Tariq Woolen. And this is because you decided to trade Russell Wilson at the perfect time for what? Three first round picks. I mean, what the Broncos gave up, I mean, jail, right to jail. Like we, we talk about, uh, you know, all like, you know, quoting different memes and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen parks and rec, but that one guy where he's just like right to jail right away. Like that's, that's how I feel because yeah. this this is the the imbalance of the NFL when you get stupid trades like these. Mm. Like when and and to be fair, the Seahawks don't deserve all the credit because they did trade two first round picks for Jamal Adams to the Jets. So, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be they fair learned. here. You they know? learned, but they <laughs> learned exactly. So now the Broncos have to learn, right? Um, We're talking but, about them tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing, okay. Witherspoon, day one starter. Then they get Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's not as high on my board as others, but he's very high. Yeah. Uh, day one starting slot guy, in my opinion. You still have Lockett on the outside. You still have DK on the, the outside. You still have D. Eskridge to be your kind of power fourth receiver that can be utilized in the backfield and gadget guy. Um, just absolute dominance in the first round from the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't go quarterback and there was a lot of talk. They were meeting with, they were getting pictures like the coaching staff is getting pictures. With Bryce young. They had a selfie with CJ Stroud. They had a selfie with Anthony Richardson. That's all like, smoke. <laughs> it's all smoke. But at the end of the day, it's good to have those, right? Because when you have those connections, that's good for free agency and down the road, like, Oh, well we met with this kid. When we, when we met with him, this guy was a stud. We're like, we flat out told him like, Hey, if, if you go on a free agency, like don't lose our number, like yeah. here's our number, you know? That's, so, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. I think that's, that's the common misconception cam. Cause I see all the time. Uh, actually here's a great one. You ready for this? People were like, why is Sean McVay talking meeting? Cause it was, it was announced that he met with Baker Mayfield. Why is he talking to Baker Mayfield? Why, why is that? Well, they were just on a plane, so this was never a, like it was an unsanctioned meeting. They just happened to sit next to each other. They were talking ball, and he's like, "We're not going to have a chance to get you, but you know, I wish you the best of luck." And then Baker Mayfield ends up on the Rams last year, right? Yeah. So you 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 don't know, right? You don't know what these these meetings are going to do. And I think Seattle did it the right way. Now here's here's a player that has one of the most incredible stories in the draft. And I didn't realize it until way after. Do you hear about Derek Hall? So Mm -hmm. he was, he, when he was born, he was basically dead, so to speak. And now here he is. He's in the NFL. Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not to be grim, but like my guy deserves some props there. Hey, he he came to life and he came to life with this draft, right? Uh, you know, the Seahawks, they, they landed with him. Um, Jake, <clears throat> Derek Hall's a baller. <laughs> He's a baller. Uh, the fact you just mentioned that story, I did not know that. Um, someone he reminds me of, though, Jake, another great story, Byron Young, that went to the Rams. We just talked about Byron Young. 
um, the journey that he's had, right? Uh, the, the path. And so um, it seems like a lot of defensive players have some insane uh, paths. I don't know if the offensive players have crazy stories like that, Jake, but <laughs> a lot of the defensive guys do. But uh, I, I love that pickup with Derek Hall. And then going back to Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, Jake, when he was at Ohio State, my man was more productive than Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. So the fact that he was that productive there and then now going to the Seahawks with with Lockett and BK Metcalf, that's that's going to be dangerous. So I, I'm excited to see that. Um, and then we talk about our guy, Geno Smith, Jake. I just want to take a pause real quick on Geno Smith. Um, we mentioned it when it comes to black quarterbacks in the NFL and what that means for him to find success um, after Russell Wilson. That's a major compliment. Russell Wilson, we talked about you said it just now. He might he might get benched this season, right? Who knows what that looks like? Russell Wilson's gonna be a Hall of Famer. So the fact that he's the person that replaced the Hall of Famer, that that is a major compliment. And also, too, going to the Seahawks side, the fact that they saw where Russell Russell was in his career and able to move on from that, their franchise player, that that's a lot, Jake. It's a lot, but they like you said, they made the move the move at the right time, and and it panned out um, with with Devin Witherspoon and Jigba. Um, Derek Hall, these guys, those top three picks, they hit on all every single one of them. And that's great job by them. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks defense last year. They didn't they didn't do too well, Jake. So getting a guy like Derek Hall, who has battle adversity right from from birth. Yeah, you mentioned it from birth, battle adversity. And now taking his talents to, to Seattle, I think, you know, they, they're going to find a great player in him. Um, and like I said, I mentioned with Derek Hall. Uh, he, he just causes havoc, Jake. Uh, strong bull rush, strong arm, strong hand. So um, that, that's a great pickup by them. Yeah, they they got it. I mean, is he ready to go right out of the box, so to speak? I, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he could play if need be. And so, I mean, those are three day one starters. You could argue, I don't agree with it, but Zach Charbonnet is a day one starter. If they, you know, he's he's the, he has that caliber, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that's how they're going to use him, but... Then they go out and get Anthony Bradford in the 108th pick out of LSU, who I think is a day one starter. Now you have Damian Lewis at the left guard spot, right? Really like Damian Lewis. Um, you know, you drafted Charles Cross in the uh, first round of 2022. He's going to be in the left tackle spot. Abraham Lucas, a big thing last year. I think they were the first two tackle, the rookie tackle combination uh, to start a playoff game. So Abraham Lucas is at right tackle. Um, they'll grow together and everything. You got Evan Brown from Detroit. You also got uh, Aluatimi from uh, Michigan, who I really like. The center, uh, they got him in the fifth round. Yeah. He can play center and guard. But I think Phil Haynes, who is the veteran there, he was drafted in 2019. He might start at guard, right guard, but I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Bradford kicks in there and starts day one. And so... Uh, really good draft thus far. And then you look at Mike Morris, who maybe was drafted a little higher than I expected, but like his tape is interesting, man. He's not built like the stereotypical pass rusher, but he just, he, he has some really good tape at times and really flashes off the screen. Um, you know, they got back-to-back Michigan guys, actually him and Aluatimi, who I, yeah. I, I really like Aluatimi. I think he has a chance to be really good. Um, and then they go out and they get Kenny McIntosh in the 200, uh, 237th pick out of Georgia. And I'll tell you right now, 
Um, McIntosh reminds me of an old school running back. And now I'm saying old school and people are going to feel like ridiculous right now. But do you remember Fred Jackson? He reminds me of Fred Jackson, like not Mm -hmm. old school, right? But like that more. So I ran a four, six, I'm not like super blazing fast, but I can do it all. I can pass protect. I can catch, you know, he's somebody that even though he's the seventh rounder, He's going to stick around a long time. He's not the fastest guy, but he's smart. He played at Georgia. There's a reason why he played at Georgia. There's a reason why they counted on him. And uh, dude has a nose for the end zone, man. He, he has some plays on tape where you're like, man, that guy will not go down without a fight. And so, you know, he's uh, again, it's weird drafting two running backs, but if you're going to get a running back in the seventh round, Kenny McIntosh is good value because I had him going much higher. Yeah, I mean, Jake, for the Seahawks, I got I gave him an A, Jake, just because of what you just said, right? Like their their floor is high. They got a yeah. champion, they got a two-time champion as their last pick in the draft. So that's kind of insane. Um, we talk about that running running back room with Penny. Who knows what's going on with Penny, Jake, right? We're seeing this draft, they were seeing the Seahawks select two of them. We're like, ooh. With Penny, what, what's going on here? So injury. Well, Penny prone. went to the Eagles, so they're like just done with him oh, altogether. But it's right. interesting though, Cam, yeah. because Ken Kenneth Walker, you add Zach Charbonnet, Sorry, you had Walker. DJ Dallas, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I it's I guess it's not as bad as I thought. I mean, I guess they just let a bunch of these guys go, but it just feels weird that this is constantly the machine that they're rolling with. Yeah, sorry, Kenneth Walker. Yes. No, you're I good. Mean, I just wanted to, you know. No, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. No, I mean, they got some guys that can that can run the football. So I like it. They got <clears throat> and what I like about it, Jake, is they're dangerous, right? For a guy yeah. like me, when I plan for a team like the Seahawks, when I play defense, I'm like, okay, who's their quarterback? What's their offensive line looking like? Who are their running backs and who are their receivers? They got they got three running backs that can bring some smoke, really four running backs that can really bring some smoke on any team that they play on. So I think that's awesome. They got elite receivers as well that can bring some smoke to any team that they're playing against. So I just think, Jake, that they they have weapons. I think they're arming themselves really well. And then we just go back to the defensive side. Or sorry, go on the offensive line side. We go Anthony Bradford at LSU playing guard. Jake, I got a pancake machine on my notes here. I mean, big body. And I have, he's looking to demolish people, Jake. He's not looking to like, okay, let me lay on you. No, he's looking to like twist and bare your neck, like under your like really I'm like, like kill fold you. you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's like that, and I, I love to see that, Jake. Um, I think when it comes to the Seahawks, they're gonna need that edge, especially blocker for Geno. People are gonna be coming at his head, so having a guy like that is awesome. And then going back to um, Oluwatami, uh from Michigan Center, I have he's the best lateral movement I think I've seen so far in this draft when it comes to offensive linemen. The way he shuffles and the way he stays in front of people it is kind of next level Jake is kind of damn impressive so um I like that pick there Seahawks they get an A from me yeah A for me as well Cam uh, I thought they did a really nice job they understood the assignment if you will <laughs> there you um go. you know but I think the running back thing is just weird I'm not gonna like decrease anything there it's just it, it's weird how they've become that's their brand like oh Seattle's gonna draft 28 running backs this year you know that whole <laughs> thing but they got two good running backs I think Having McIntosh as your fourth guy, because right now he'd be behind DJ Dallas, I think. Yeah. That's that's a good uh that's a good look. But you know, one thing I want to say before we head on out of here is that with Seattle, um, I think they just took advantage of the fact that for whatever reason, this league has not understood that the interior offensive line is just as important as tackle. 
and we see every year these these tackles they go on this run right they get they like we had what five tackles taken in the first round but like you can get a guy like Olua Timmy or you know Anthony Bradford in the fourth round fifth round I mean why is a guy that is considered a pancake machine going in the fourth round why is he going on day three you know and that's playing at LSU playing in the SEC like you know, I think that there's there's something up here. A guy playing the Big Ten in Ola with Timmy. I mean, you know, playing these big games. So I think just Seattle took advantage of you know miscuts here. Value, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this also to explain why we have lower grades on other teams. This is why, like, and why we think so highly of Seattle's draft because Seattle's draft took advantage of guys falling into their lap and value. Others really didn't. And so yeah. I I think you, you got to give Seattle credit where credit's due. Uh, speaking of which, you also got to give uh, a special happy birthday uh, to Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith, who deserves some credit. He turns 54 today. He started 219 games. No big deal. Uh, three times Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, eight time Pro Bowler and four time All Pro. He's drafted 17th overall by the Cowboys, played 13 years with them, two years with the Arizona Cardinals and had almost two, uh, 22 thousand total yards from scrimmage and 175 total touchdowns my man Emmett's one of the greatest regardless of position uh and you know I I think when I was younger I used to say well he's he's somewhat overrated because everyone just says he's the number one running back and maybe something you you could say arguably their other running backs didn't play as long but you can't knock Emmett I mean the idea that you have almost 22,000 uh yards from scrimmage and 175 total touchdowns is just asinine yeah that's it I mean you reading those numbers off is crazy and Jake you talked about how great he is on the field I've heard him speak at a legends business seminar before Jake so all the legends in the room my man is crushing it in the business space too Jake so Emmett can dance too (laughs) <laughs> and he can dance. There you go. Dance with the stars. Happy birthday, Emmett Smith. A greatness on and off the field. Uh, a legend in everybody's hearts. Happy birthday. Just that likable dude. I remember when he he showed up at a cameo on uh, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the Super Bowl episode. Like, yeah. Emmett Smith, please tell me who won the... Oh, was that... Was that yesterday? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when you win them, you just kind of forget about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's going to do it. Um, you know, it, this this show's in the books until tomorrow. And then we'll be talking about the AFC West. Um, before you go, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, wherever you get uh, this content. And uh, you guys take care. Special thanks to betonline.ag. And we will see you guys soon. Later, folks. Yeah.